On today's podcast, we're going to address an issue that many people um, look at almost blindly. We, we look at the idea of evidence-based treatments and we think, let's go for evidence-based treatments. That's, that's exactly what we want to look at. Um, we're going to talk about some, some hesitations that we might want to consider when right. looking at evidence-based treatments. That's right, because both in um, therapy mm-hmm. and in schools, uh, the um, emphasis today is on evidence-based treatments right. or evidence-based strategies. Uh, that's all you hear, as though it's some kind of a gold standard right. Right. that you have to have evidence-based treatments. And it made me, <clears throat> this article made me think about um, behavior behaviorism. Right. Because for many, many years, it was like for about 25 years, every article you read about behaviorism showed that it was documented that it was right. successful. Absolutely. These were successful treatments. Well then, starting in the 90s and early 2000s, uh, researchers began to look at studies that weren't published. Mm-hmm. And there were many studies that weren't published. They didn't get published because they didn't get positive results. Right. Okay. Um, but it made it look like every everything that we did with behaviorism um, had positive results. And now, uh, what this uh, physician, this uh, Dr. Uh, D-O, I don't know how he pronounced his name, Dobes, D-O-B-E-S? D-O-D-E-S. Um, was at Harvard. Um, he's an addiction specialist. And he, he makes the same, he raises the same question about cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. Because frequently, we will get referrals mm-hmm. that will ask us to do cognitive behavioral therapy with a particular right. patient, or parents will come in and say, I'm looking for cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, they've been told by somebody right. that cognitive behavioral therapy is the therapy of choice or the gold right. standard. So they come in looking for that. Well, once again, as we did with behaviorism, we have people taking a second look mm-hmm. at cognitive behavioral therapy, yeah. and this is one of those articles. Rightfully so. And I think yes. that, you know, we, we've talked for a long time about the idea, and so this is our idea, uh, don't steal our idea, um, but we, we had the idea of uh, starting a journal called the Null Hypothesis. Yes, right. Um, where we, we published articles that, um, uh, from studies that did not find what it expected to find. That's right. And if you do that, if you do a research study and you don't get the results right. that you anticipate, that will not get published. If you don't get not. some kind of results, it just doesn't get published right. because it, the editors of these journals assume that either your procedures were flawed or your hypothesis was flawed. Or the researcher thinks that. <clears throat> the, right. the researcher anticipates, well, we must have done something wrong because it, mm-hmm. this didn't, isn't consistent with all these other published studies. Right. And, and what they don't know, and as we're gonna be talking about a little bit today, what they don't know is that there are probably lots of other research uh, studies that aren't published either that right. didn't have the, the expected findings. Right. And again, none of those were, were published. And, uh, another area that we're finding this, you, you mentioned behaviorism and now cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. but we're seeing this also in, um, in medicine with mm-hmm. antidepressant medications. Medication studies, mm-hmm. right. If they're not successful, right. they're just kind of thrown in the trash. Right. Uh, well, th- there's something wrong, so it's thrown in the trash, rather than saying, wait a minute, medication doesn't always work. Right. You know, we, and we know that, we know that clinically, um, but we also know that from research studies that, that uh, sh- don't show positive results. Right, yeah, there, there was some recent uh, <clears throat> chatter, uh, talk about mm-hmm. uh, antidepressant medications and how right. they, they are not as effective 
as the research would suggest that they are. And again, right. there's some indication that it's because there's a lot of information and a lot of data that have not been published mm -hmm. uh, as it relates to that. Yeah, we're going to do a, a study later on, um, maybe later on in the week or later on in the month, that talks about that. That oh. um, you know, the the serotonin hypothesis for right. depression or the dopamine hypothesis with schizophrenia. For a long time, we just everybody assumed. Yeah. You know, it's like the the dopamine hypothesis for ADHD. Right. You know. And yet, there's no pathophysiology. There's no valid. These have never been validated. Right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we all these findings were by accident. Right. And we just assumed that. I mean, over over time, you just start to assume that. Well, serotonin is related to depression, and so this serotonin. But it's never been validated. Right. So. Yeah. So we have to be careful. And I was glad to see this article about CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, because we frequently get referrals mm -hmm. to do CBT. Right. Well, um, maybe, CB, maybe CBT is not mm -hmm. all that it's um, assumed, all that it's cracked up to be. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that what, what we're gonna, what we'll kind of mention several reasons why, that's, why that may be the case mm -hmm. um, as we're going through, but... Right. Um, but yeah, so it's very exciting and very um, encouraging that these kinds of articles uh, are coming out because this is a discussion that we have to have. Right. Uh, we, we often talk to patients about it individually, uh, but mm -hmm. to date, there really isn't much in the professional literature right. about limitations or, mm -hmm. or sort of the problems associated with saying, hey, let's stick to evidence-based right. treatments. Right. Um, you know, there, there's absolutely some things that we have to consider about that. Right. Um, all that said, um, this presentation, um, we're hoping that it reaches other professionals, mm -hmm. other therapists, and we'd really like to have your response to this, sure. okay? Um, this is one of those talks that are that's get, going to be geared more, probably more to right. the professional mm -hmm. community, maybe to other therapists, uh, and we invite your response. I'd really like to hear from you about this issue, too. Uh, it's, it's an important professional issue right. because CBT is considered the gold standard. Well, and I think it's important to individuals yeah. as well, non-clinical professionals as well, because, um, because if you go online and, and you read about, okay, so what is the evidence-based treatment for depression? Or right. if I have OCD, what, should I, what, what kind of treatment should I be seeking? Mm -hmm. And you're gonna find, okay, this is the gold standard or this is what, what the right. research literature says you should do. You're gonna go look for that and you may find a, an excellent treatment provider that doesn't do that, but right. still specializes in, in OCD or depression mm -hmm. or whatever. And, and you may avoid that person because they're, right. not, they're not doing, you know, they're not um, doing CBT. That particular you know. type of therapy, and you may you may be missing out on, right. on some good treatment simply because you're looking at what Dr. Google or <clears throat> Medline right. or WebMD or some of those say mm -hmm. is, is the most ideal treatment. Right, that's right. Now, just by way of review, the title of this uh, piece was The Fallacy of Evidence-Based Treatment. Mm -hmm. That's what struck us initially, right. is this, this title, because we have often talked about this, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. that what, what is all this evidence-based this and evidence-based that. Um, and so that uh, title captured our attention. Now, this Dr. Dodes is an MD, psychiatrist, um, and he specializes in addiction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the messages here go beyond addiction right. to all types of mental illness. And what he's saying is that if you look at um, studies that compare CBT to other types of psychotherapy, what you find is that 
CBT and psychotherapy, and by psychotherapy we mean trying to get to the root cause right. of a problem, okay, rather than dealing with the surface behavior. Right. Because what cognitive behavioral well, therapy does is it focuses on the surface behavior. Right, so we, we call it, <clears throat> it's called cognitive behavioral therapy because what the goal is, is to look at the way that you're thinking and to change your thinking with the goal of changing your behavior. Right. And so if you're thinking, I'm lonely, the goal would be to not be lonely. And so you mm -hmm. go be around other people. And, right. um, I, and while that's great for some conditions, you know, what, we're, what we end up dealing with is that, um, you know, that this whole um, industry of self-help books is based upon cognitive behavioral therapy, basically. Right, right. It, it's, you know, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> What mm -hmm. thoughts are leading to your behaviors and how do right. we change that? That's right. Because cognitive behavioral therapy is the next logical step from behavior therapy. Right. Behavior therapy is if you want somebody to do something, reward or punish. Right. Okay. And cognitive behavioral therapy is if you want somebody to do something, change their thinking right. to change their behavior. Right. That's what cognitive behavioral mm -hmm. therapy is. The problem with cognitive behavioral therapy compared to psychotherapy, which goes after the root cause, is that if you look at the studies, and this is the important contribution that, that Dodds is making here, Dodds is making here, is that the short-term effects are the same. Mm -hmm. So three to four months out, it looks like cognitive behavioral therapy is at least as effective mm -hmm. as psychotherapy. Right. So they, they look like they're the same. The problem occurs with relapse. Right. So when we talk about addiction, we talk about relapse, that is return to, to drugs. When we talk about depression or anxiety, we talk about return of symptoms. Right. So although we're going to be focusing on addiction, or he focuses on addiction, it applies to other types mm -hmm. of mental illness right. as well. So what you get after three to four months, you get relapse. Yeah. The problem is with cognitive behavioral therapy is that in the first few months it's effective, right. people are able to use it, and then over time they either stop using it or it becomes less effective and you get return of symptoms. Mm -hmm. And this occurs in over 70% of people who do cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. So it seems to be effective for three to four months. Well, that's when the studies are published. Right. Okay. Yeah. So oh, Most I got studies these. only last that long. That's right. So I did it for two or three months. It was very effective. Cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy really works. Mm -hmm. It does for three to five months. Mm -hmm. Then you get relapse, and you get relapse in an overwhelming uh, percentage of mm -hmm. the patients right. that you've treated, okay? Now, interestingly, <clears throat> he talks about two countries that adopted CBT because of these very positive findings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they, each country has national health systems. Right. One was Scotland, one was Sweden. And they said, wow, if this really works, we can get very rapid uh, treatment, right. very short-term treatment, so mm -hmm. it's not very expensive, and uh, we get these positive results. Right. So Sweden and Scotland adopted CBT for mm -hmm. mental health issues. Right. Both failed, right. and neither of them saved any money. They right. both had exactly the same problem. It was effective for three to five months. Now we're talking about tens of thousands of right. patients. Mm -hmm. So these aren't small studies. These are entire nations. Mm -hmm. And so we have all those data mm -hmm. that support what Dr. Dodes is saying, mm -hmm. that you get short-term right. efficacy, but you get very high rates of relapse. Right. right. Yeah, and there's, well, we'll get into some <clears throat> hypotheses as to why this might be happening. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the concern, of course, is that 
you know, when, when patients come in for therapy and, and treatment, and we do cognitive behavioral therapy, and they have that three to four months of, of positive gain, mm -hmm. um, they end up being discharged, and they will, right. you know, they may go about themselves, or they just may discontinue treatment even if they're mm -hmm. not formally discharged. And when those symptoms recur, we start getting into these interesting dynamics of, um, you know, feeling as though you're a failure, or, right. or you know, some of this so, sort of self-deprecation, mm -hmm. where where you're looking, where the patient begins to look at him or herself as the cause for some of these symptoms. When, in reality, you know, we didn't really treat what was going on. We put right. a, you know, at, at best we put a bandaid or we put some right. some something over mm -hmm. the injury, um, the psychological injury, and we covered it up, right. and we we. As some of my patients, and I'm sure yours too, what, what, as they put it, um, they ignored the, the problem. They, right. they, they attempted to, dis to distract themselves from the problem. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't fix anything. Right, that's right. Um, it, it's sort of, in, in many ways, what we've talked about before with medication. Mm -hmm. Many people will choose to medicate themselves to be able to, to find a way to tolerate a, a life that's that they're right. unhappy with. That's right. You. I'm unhappy at my work, right? So I take Xanax right. to deal with my anxiety. I'm so anxious at work that I take Xanax. Okay? Right. That's covering up the problem. Right. If you're not dealing with the problem, the right. problem is you probably need to change jobs or, right. or change something about your job. Right. Um, but instead, you're just saying, "I'll go to work every day and be miserable. Mm -hmm. I'll take this medication to make right. myself feel better." Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> cognitive behavioral therapy, as as those is talking about here. In many ways, does does the same thing. It's right. saying, okay, these are your problems. Let's find a way to take your mind off of it and to think about it differently. Mm -hmm. That's not to say certainly that it doesn't help. It, that that it's not helpful for everyone. Right. Uh, there right. Are, there are thirty to forty percent of people or so that, that do benefit from mm -hmm. it, which is which is which is it's great. Still good. Right. Um, but we have to find a way to identify the the, the sixty to seventy percent who don't. Right. Um, and that right. that is a limitation in the research right now. We don't mm -hmm. know how to differentiate those people from the people who will be successful. Right. Because they stop coming. Right. They, they drop out, and we lose track of them. Right. Okay. Psychotherapy, on the other hand, which goes after the root cause, and again, if we talk about addiction or substance abuse, um, if you deal with the root cause, mm -hmm. why are you drinking? You're drinking to self-medicate. Right. I mean, that's that's the right. theory here. Is you're drinking to self-medicate. Well, what problem are you are you mm -hmm. are you are you covering up with alcohol? Instead of Xanax, you're using alcohol. Right. Okay. Um, so, what are you covering up? What are you what are you trying to accomplish mm -hmm. that you need this substance in order to make it from day to day? Um, psychotherapy deals with that underlying cause, right. and psychotherapy, the research with psychotherapy, has been shown to be uh, last longer mm -hmm. and have far lower rates of recidivism or right. return of symptoms. Right. Okay, and so. Um, the, the research data suggests that long-term psychotherapy is much more effective than cognitive behavioral therapy for long-term results. And that, that, should, <coughs> that should make sense for the reciprocal reason. You right. know, the, the longer you have a problem, the more difficult it is to treat. Right, that's right. So it should make sense that the longer your treatment, <coughs> the longer your uh, recovery from symptoms, or the mm -hmm. longer your, your um, your, your symptom relief will be. Right. And so that, that should make sense. The more chronic, the longer, you know, it's certainly going to last longer. Uh, so I, I like this idea of, uh, of shifting and adjusting our perspective because I think that there's, I think that there's a way, and we'll get to this, but I think there's a way to do both. Yes. I think there's a way to right. gain the benefits of cognitive behavioral therapy while also 
fostering and encouraging the benefits of psychotherapy. Well, and and it is the clinician, it's, it's therapy as art. Yes. You have to decide which patient mm-hmm. will respond is more likely to respond to CBT right. and which patient needs psychotherapy. Well, and I think that even more specifically, what symptoms are going to respond better to cognitive behavioral therapy and which symptoms are That's going right. to need a little bit of a deeper investigation. And it's a clinical decision that, right. that a skilled clinician has to make, is right. that when I hear this story, I think we should do psychotherapy. Right. And when I hear this story, maybe CBT. Right. That's a clinician's decision and it comes from wisdom, knowledge, and experience. Right. Okay. Yeah, because Eating too much dessert could very easily be dealt with from a cognitive behavioral perspective. Right. Um, but you know, feeling depressed about one's uh, difficulty in, in, in fostering healthy relationships, mm-hmm. that's going to need psychotherapy that's going to last a little bit longer and, and, and a bit of a deeper, that's right. uh, deeper dive. That's right. Now, um, sort of a, a, as, we, as we close out here, one final thing. You mentioned this earlier. You teach a person to do cognitive behavioral therapy and it will serve them well for several months. Mm-hmm. The likelihood is a 70% chance right. that it's going to fail right. and they're gonna have return symptoms. The unintended consequence of raising something to a gold standard is that if the patient fails, mm-hmm. they blame themselves. Mm-hmm. And now you're into a vicious cycle right. of unintended. So the unintended consequence is the patient feels mm-hmm. shamed, mm-hmm. guilty, mm-hmm. Um, somehow flawed, right. that, it, that it's their fault that, well, if this is the gold standard and I can't use it properly, um, there's something wrong with right. me, okay? And so it, you actually make, you can actually make things worse, right. okay? By, by telling somebody this is the gold standard, this should work. Um, I had, a, I had a, um, a woman, a behaviorist one time, long, long time ago, said, well, if it's not working, <clears throat> they're doing something wrong right. because it has to work. That um, is sort say, of a narrow view of... Physicians say that about medication. Right, right. Yeah. Th- th- this should work. So this issue of unintended consequences, we're going to do another um, a podcast at a later time about uh, treating obsessive compulsive disorder right. and the unintended consequences of fo- focusing on just one aspect. Right. Yeah. So. Um, there's a link here and we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah. Now, before we go, there's wanted to mention a couple of things about why um, why things become evidence-based mm-hmm. and, and why we don't see that there's these limitations. And one of them we already talked about, and that was the fact that most research studies only last three to five months. Right. And so it's capturing those initial gains, but not necessarily uh, capturing the follow-up or the, the, the right. long-term e- effects. There are a few that do that, um, but what we end up with is something called recidivism. Uh, wait, recidivism? No, uh, we, we end up losing patients. And so we have patients who make it through the initial portions of the study, uh, but they don't, um, we, we get dropout and, right. and patients don't return for long-term follow-up. Those that do return for long-term follow-up tend to be those who are doing well because they want to come back and right. talk about how well they're doing. Um, those who maybe aren't doing as well don't come back to right. talk about things. It's very hard and very expensive to do research. It is. And, and people typically don't do long-term studies for that reason. Mm-hmm. We tend to do shorter studies that last, like you say, for several months. Maybe to do a study for a year is a long study. Right, that's okay. a very long study. So most studies, uh, we, we keep them to a few months because by the time you 
do the study, collect the data, analyze the data, get it published, two years can go by. Right. Okay. And so, so most studies are done um, short-term basis. Right. Another, another major limitation with the research is that if we want to find as close to a causal relationship as we can. Mm -hmm. So if we want to get as close as we can to saying this treatment you know, results in this um, response, right. we have to have a lot of control. We have to have a lot mm -hmm. of control over the, over the experimental conditions. Right. And so like if we're, if we're, just as an easy example, if we're going to do a study that looks at the benefits of Ritalin on ADHD symptoms. Now Ritalin is a stimulant, as, as most of you know. Um, and to know, to have a lot of confidence uh, as to the effects of Ritalin on the you know, symptoms of ADHD, we need to make sure that Ritalin is the only stimulant that they're taking, <laughs> right? And so we might right. design a study that says, okay, you can participate in the study, but as long as you're participating in the study, Ritalin is the only stimulant that you can have. Which means no caffeine, no sugar, no, you know, you may have to cut out simple, a lot of simple carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. You may have to cut out a lot of things that are right. typical, normal things that people consume on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Because you want to have enough control over it to say, these benefits are because this is the stimulant, this is the medication that they were taking. Mm -hmm. If we apply that to cognitive behavioral therapy, what's happening here is that now we're having to have control over a lot of the things that the patients are doing yeah. And so we're having to, we're going to have to rule out people who may be doing meditation or people who may be engaged in other practices that could have an effect on their psychological well-being because we don't want to confuse um, those patients right. um, from patients who are only doing the cognitive behavioral therapy. And so when we ex uh, exercise that much control to, to have a confident uh, study, all of a sudden, you know, when we get into the real world, right where people really do some of these other things, where people really do live a life that's complicated, that's right. um, really do live a life that has uh, factors that influence and cause depression and cause right. some of those symptoms, mm -hmm. now all of a sudden um, the, the treatment isn't as, right. as effective because there's factors now that weren't seen in the research study. Right. People um, comment about animal studies. Right. But the, the advantage of animal studies is we can control the conditions. Everything. Okay? That's We can control everything about we it. Can we can control, control how much diet. light and dart they see, everything. And, so, and you can't control that in humans. Right. You know, what if you know, you're doing CBT and somebody doesn't sleep well, right. or sleeps too much or too little, or there's domestic uh, problems, there's right. family problems that they're dealing with, or for kids there's school problems mm -hmm. they're dealing with, or they're dealing with bullies. All those things mm -hmm. can confound our conclusions. Right. Okay, and so uh, we have to be very careful when mm -hmm. we do human research, and that's why we like to do animal research uh, because we can control the conditions. Right. You know, remember, all the research that we do is based on farming. Right. You know, it has its basis, and so you, you could control the conditions completely right. Right. with sunlight, with water, with seeds, with everything. You had complete control of the conditions, so you could study one variable at a time and say this. Right. A caused B. Right. Uh, it's much more difficult with humans. Right. Yeah. yeah. When we get into psychological research and medical research, it's far <clears throat> more complicated mm -hmm. than, than you can imagine. And, and I know that my students, when I teach um, research design and, and, and research methods and stuff, right. uh, they get frustrated with that sometimes because you do right. you have to think of everything. Mm -hmm. you, you have to think of as many things as you can right. because as soon as you think that you're ready, mm -hmm there's another factor that's going to come into play that you're going to have to, like again with the Ritalin thing, 
what about nicotine? Right. So you, yeah. now all of a sudden you have somebody who's smoking or exposed to secondhand mm -hmm. smoke, and now that there's another. So <coughs> things you may not even think about that are going to influence mm -hmm. some of these studies. And so again, we, we end up with studies that talk about evidence-based treatments and evidence-based science, um, but know that they're, they're rooted in a very well-controlled uh, experimental design that um, may not represent true life. Right, that's right, that's right. And um, so be careful of gold standards. Yes. That's the message here. Whether it's behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, medication, meditation, no matter what it is, be very careful of thinking, this is what I need and, and, and it should work. Absolutely. Because different things work for different people. And um, if, if the treatment that you're using fails, it's not your failure, right. okay? And that's the other important thing. That's the unintended negative consequence. Absolutely. Okay? So, so don't blame yourself. Perfect. Okay. So, all right, well, that is it for today. <clears throat> Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.